welcome to Addiction Mastery, the podcast hosted by me, Amanda Lockyer, where we are having the conversation of what addiction looks like from the other side, and that is the impact on families and spouses. We are leading with kindness. Today in the podcast, we are talking about language, and this is something that is very close to my heart and this is going to be something I am going to be talking more about as the year goes on. We use words every day. We are having conversations, we're writing texts, emails, we're using language. It's something we all do and it is so powerful. Words are so powerful. Their meaning, their subtext and connotations. We are probably all familiar with the phrase sticks and stones may break my bones but words can never hurt me and quite frankly that is a load of crap. Words can hurt us, words can break us and not only how others speak to us but how we speak to ourselves. Words can truly create our inner dialogue you know rightly or wrongly so let's dive in. I would like to start here with sharing a personal story around how I used to talk about this to show that we can do better, okay? When we know better, we can do better. So if you rewind back to the early days of Addiction Max 3, it was the end of 2019, which if you're listening in real time, that's about four years ago. And I referred to my loved one as my addict. So I was writing some feelings, getting it out there before I stepped into the work I'm doing now. And I did refer to that person as my addict because why? Because I saw everyone else doing it. It just seemed like that was acceptable. I saw people use phrases like, AH, so alcoholic husband, alcoholic wife, like AW, alcoholic mum, alcoholic dad, you know, whatever it is. So definitely, if you scroll back, you'll see me in those early days of using that term, my addict. When I think about that now and I read some of those earlier posts, I just feel sick, truly. I feel nauseous. I feel so yuck. When we know better, we do better. And awareness and better information is not the stick to beat yourself with. But we can do better, right? We can do better here. So we're going to talk a bit more about language. I just wanted to give that message to say that, yeah, I too have walked that path. And now I don't. And you will not hear me use those words. And I don't use them in my coaching. I don't personally find it helpful. So let's focus on strength-based person-centered language. How does that show up? So I am going to say a few words and I would like you to sit here with me and do this. So I'm going to say a few words and notice in your body how you feel when I say some of these words. Please sit with me and let's do it together. 
Here we go. Addict. Junkie. Tough love. Manipulation. Liar. Dirty. Clean. Codependent. Enabling. Rock bottom. Drunk. Crackhead. Meth head. So, how do you feel? And I don't know about you, but even just saying those, I feel nauseous. Let's go a bit further. So, we turn this conversation around addiction often into a morality issue. Society, we see this as a moral failing when it is a person issue. Let's try some other words and see how your body feels. Mother. Daughter. Friend. Brother. Father. Sister. Workmate. We have made it human first. And the feelings that conjure up inside you when you use any of those formal words, how do you feel towards a person when you are speaking in that way? Do you feel kind, compassionate, understanding, empathetic? How do you feel? And then how do you feel when you speak about someone as a mother? your sister, your brother, okay, it feels different. It's not about being the word police, although pass me a badge, and it's not about you're using the wrong word, so stop it already, but people are using the words that have been used at them. So if you are someone that is struggling with alcohol, misuse, abuse, drugs, people are using those words that have been used at them, okay, which can really keep people locked in a box. And people are more than their struggles with alcohol, drugs, or a behavior. That is actually not who they are. It is not who they are. They are our loved ones. They are our people. They can hate their job. They can be a great dad. They can love fishing. They can be crappy at tidying up. They can be an amazing cook. They can be funny and kind. They can be a rubbish driver. They can be thoughtful. You know, struggling with a problematic behavior is not who they are. Now, If you are the one that is listening to this and you yourself are struggling with one of these things, you can call yourself an addict, an alcoholic, or whatever it is, a fairy, a daisy, a unicorn, whatever it is, if that keeps you on track. And I would ask you to remind yourself that you are human too. 
and then ask yourself, is this language actually helping me or have I been indoctrinated to this way of thinking? Could I use a different language? So just asking yourself, is it helpful anymore? Maybe it was helpful at the start and it's not helpful now. Okay, and that's all right. That is truly okay. And if you still want to be calling yourself a certain thing, if it works, if it's keeping you on track, then great. But just check in with yourself. How is it landing? Is it still helping you? Often I do work with people, loved ones, families, spouses who have been impacted by a loved one's addiction and some of them, if they've come through kind of different models, are absolutely insistent that their loved one identifies as an addict, as an alcoholic, you know, and Truly, it doesn't matter how someone identifies themselves. It's the behavior that matters the most. So let's focus on the behavior. How does language show up in how it impacts families and spouses? So all of those words that I spoke about earlier, addict, druggy, junkie, dirty, clean, you know, The impact of that stigma on families and spouses here is shame. And I say we, and I'll, you know, include myself in the broader community here. You know, we're ashamed of being shamed because we love our person. So we hide, we isolate, we withdraw from friends, and it becomes the silence, the secrecy, we minimize, we hide problems, we try to look in inverted commas normal. And one of the tragic outcomes here is it delays people getting help. In a culture where there is so much stigma, it makes it unsafe to get help. So the barrier here to seeking support when you're in this situation that is confusing and you're on your knees is stigma. It is very, really financial. The barrier isn't financial. The barrier is stigma and shame. So can we change the conversation? Can we change our language? If we look across to the mental health field or the disability field, you know, We have stopped using stigmatizing language there, but we still use it in the substance use problematic behavior space. Why? So let's try again. How does your body feel when I say these words? Handicapped. Retarded. Invalid. Cripple. Mental patient. Ugh, feels yuck saying it. So yuck. Because we have evolved here, those words and all the other words that go along with that is dehumanizing. The language has evolved here and we have moved into language that promotes respect, inclusivity, and humanness. 
we know that it's not inclusive to use that language. It's not leading with kindness. It's not being inclusive. It's pointing to someone's one thing, right? A one thing. Again, that is not who they are. And we have moved on from that. I was at a dinner table a couple of years ago with lovely people. And in that dinner conversation came up that someone about that person's druggy daughter, druggy daughter. And my whole body just convulsed and I was just getting triggered to the moon and back. And I actually spoke up because I was in my stage of empowerment and I said, do you just mean his daughter and then whatever her name was? Druggy daughter is not who she is. That woman is the man's daughter. Let's call her Evelyn. That's Evelyn. Right? We aren't calling people eating disordered. Someone's eating disordered father or someone's bipolar son, or that person's disabled brother. It's just their father, their son, their brother. No label, because we know that's not who they are. So let's do better. People absorb the message they hear on high repeat. What our culture and society is giving people, either the ones struggling with the behavior themselves or the family spouses, what society is giving them is shame and stigma. And that's why people are struggling to reach out for support because we're not making it safe and we're making it who they are. So we all use language. We use it every day. Can we change the conversation? Can we use human first language? Can we catch ourselves? Can we try a different way? Can we agree that we are all just people? People, people, people. And can we also agree that it's cruel to define someone by the darkest thing that they are struggling with? When I speak to lovely people that come into my coaching program or who are thinking about it, I always ask them what they want to get an idea of what they're thinking, where they're heading, what what they think they want. And nine times out of 10, you will not be surprised to hear that they want their lovely person to be making good choices, making better choices, living a better life, being happy, being well in themselves, getting on the good path. That is what nine out of 10 people want. That's the first thing they tell me that they want. So if that's what you want, which is what most of us do, and I would add to that, you know, what do you want for you? But you want that. If you're listening to this and you have a loved one struggling with addiction, you want that. I know you do. I want that too. Do you think it helps to call them a druggie, an addict, an alcoholic, whatever it is? Do you think that's going to incite motivation, change, hope? So 
Let's change the conversation. One conversation at a time. Thank you for joining me here at Addiction Makes 3, the podcast. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you found this to be helpful or insightful, I would sincerely appreciate if you could rate and review the podcast as it helps others find it. If you would like to get in touch with me with thoughts, feedback, or queries, you can send me an email. And if you would like to know more about working with me, details can be found in the show notes too. So thanks for staying kind and I will speak to you soon.